shit's getting worse. Whether or not we make it worse, whether or not we want it to get worse. So what we want to do is present an option and have kind of like an idea out of how we can live our lives together, you know, and how we can take care of each other. You know, like, means check, folks, you know? If you have it, it's yours. You are listening to Fruitless, a podcast hosted by me, Josiah Sutton. This is episode four, Revolutionist Complicated, Hope is Simple, featuring Morgan Vanderhart. now but i really feel old man <laughs> like i don't know yeah, i, I felt old in my head for a long time but now my body's catching up that's kind, of <laughs> that's kind of disappointing i thought i would just feel fine forever i had that youthful uh, imagination that my body would just keep going yeah well you, uh, you were kind of a weird combination because you you felt old mentally but then you also like did like young guy i could never die kind of stuff at the same time well to be fair i could never die <laughs> that's true that's true i think i think i think uh, my resiliency might speak for itself but yeah yes like, the other day my my joints started aching because it was raining outside and <laughs> which is like, old man shit yeah no i feel like i should like uh however what i found out that you broke your fever um uh, it was like, oh, Mo broke his femur. Oh, he'll be fine. Yeah, dude. you know, <laughs> like, work of all, of all, like an adult. <laughs> like of like all my, uh, of all my friends, of all my friends to break their femur. You're the one I know. Will I will you'll you'll make it. You'll be fine. Fucking, I didn't. We didn't. We didn't call an ambulance. I casually, I was like, I called. I called my partner. Like, I was sitting. I was sitting. Like my my bosses were staring at me, and I was just sitting on the lift waiting, like to catch my brain and i called ari i was like hey you want to take me to the hospital and she was like oh <laughs> yeah <laughs> she yeah. drove 30 minutes out to polk city come get me drove all the way back i like strapped up my leg with like scrap wood and duct tape like a fucking makeshift splint <laughs> my, my boss was like we were waiting for ari to get there and he was like i, I could have just driven you uh, no, it's, it's fine. Be fine. she sat there i we're, we're rolled in the er they thought i'd like sprain something ER doc after x-rays is like, yeah, you got a it's pretty broken femur. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, that's uh like I stub my toe when I'm like out of commission for a week. <laughs> I was I was legitimately I was legitimately like, uh yeah, give me one second, guys. I think I I, I could walk it off. <laughs> yeah, and then, <laughs> then your yeah, bone splits in half. <laughs> yeah, that would, walking it off is not exactly the possible yeah well uh i'll say welcome to fruitless everybody i am joined by a longtime friend that it's it's kind of odd it's been this long without you guessing on a podcast so i felt like i needed to write that (laughs) Um, yeah yeah morgan vanderhart uh long yeah long time friend of mine friend since high school Uh, like i'm kind of like i'm glad glad it took this long I've, i've been like nervous to like talk into a microphone on a recorded thing i don't know why i feel like 
it's either some sort of imposter syndrome or it's just like i don't want to talk about things that i like to people i don't know <laughs> yeah either that, way, that makes sense we're here now we've, but we're we've doing been, it we've now bested, we've bested <laughs> our fears and i'm here to not sound like an idiot as best i can and yeah what a punches why don't you uh, kind of like introduce yourself? I guess who who are you as best you can? Yeah, I'm a I'm a 24 year old uh, Aries from Des Moines, Iowa. Uh, <laughs> I'm an anarchist. Um, I'm a I am a convicted felon, <laughs> a violent felon. <laughs> we'll um, lead with that one. <laughs> I might be the only I might be the only person I would currently hold a charge for assaulting a police officer with a laser pointer. Um, <laughs> But, you know, I'd be, I would be happy to find out I'm not, I guess, or not. I would, I hope more people got away with it than I did. Um, you did. <laughs> but yeah, that's, those are, that's one of my things. Um, mm-hmm. it's just my vibe, dude. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm involved in uh, a couple of mutual aid projects. I, along with others, um, helped organize Edna Griffin Mutual Aid in 2020. Or 2020 I, I, something like that been, it was around around when so the, many years. the the blm 2020 protest kind of died down edna griffin kind of sprung up in the the ashes of that yeah it was 2020 like in the fall that that year i think we started yeah, doing right. like hot food and coffee and then eventually yeah that's got, right because i i tried to get a bunch of people in a theology class i was in to donate to it nice <laughs> how'd that go for you uh, nobody did it, I don't think, because, uh, I don't know, but we, we were talking briefly about mutual aid in reference to Dorothy Day, and I was sure. like, speaking of that, if you, you know, want to give some money to mutual aid, let me yeah. tell you. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> it's, it's been an interesting, like, ride in Des Moines, I think. Like, mm-hmm. 2020 kind of, like, spurred the, the, quote, radical scene in Des Moines. Like, a lot of people who didn't really know each other got brought together in a in a fashion that was kind of unprecedented in our area so a lot of like yeah. efforts on different ends and different groups came together different things formed and, you know like not all of it is like straight up like like anarchist style mutual aid or organized mutual aid i don't know we'll probably get into like the meat of like what it is and what it could be and yeah what, what it, it is be, not yeah. and like all that bullshit <laughs> but i don't know yeah when he really did an interesting thing in like the radical space that a lot it of like was the old crazy year, yeah. A lot of the old heads were like so amazed that like people could actually like that that common effort happened. And, like a popular yeah. movement started happening, whether or not like a lot of ground was made. I think I still think we we did some cool stuff. Like I'm a I'm a fucking pessimistic guy, and I I, I still <laughs> think it's really really beautiful to see what uh, came from from those movements and those like yeah. what our failures we had we also had wins um like fucking yeah just our the bail efforts that existed alone i was i'm involved Christ, with yeah. some of that now but like i wasn't involved with it then i benefited from it then but like just the ability <laughs> yeah, to yeah the ability to get our that's how up, that's how yeah. i got involved in it actually because, <laughs> uh, because you got arrested yeah <laughs> fun times fun times uh yeah yes best cigarette i've ever had yeah, just like yeah, the efforts, the efforts we were able to pull together um, to get like with just like some homies and whatever we could pull. Together. I don't. Know. I think it's been really interesting overall, and we can get into more of why it's interesting if you have sure. questions. I'm well, just uh, rambling until you stop me. No, you're good. You're good. Um, 
so yeah so so mo yeah is involved in some you know kind of anarchist organizing kind of stuff here in des moines and one, one of the themes of fruitless that i want to keep coming back to the first episode was about it is the, you know, like trying to understand what the midwest is and how it like what political potentials it has you know um and so it, kind of no other no better person to kind of chat with about this because you know you were definitely on the front lines for a lot of what happened in Des Moines. And, and, you know, Des Moines is kind of a forgotten piece of the BLM 2020 protests, you know, for good reason. Cause like the shit that was going on in like New York and Portland and yeah, you know, it was obviously much, much bigger, but for, I think a lot of people, myself included, Des Moines was this moment of like, Holy shit, we can actually do this. Like yeah. we could, we can act actually show up. <laughs> Because, because you know, before that, we we always talked a lot about like organizing and what you know, trying to get involved with the left in Des Moines. And mm-hmm. twenty twenty is such a funny year because it shows that demonstration. Because uh, do you remember that that small protest that we attended <laughs> in the beginning of twenty twenty after the you, wasn't it the one we set, tried? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we kind of organized it, but it was like yeah. five people. <laughs> And it was uh, it was right after the assassination of uh, Soleimani in yeah, Iran. Was, yeah, so there was like was. the talk of of war in Iran going on, and so we, you know, yeah. we did like a, a little baby anti war protest outside the Capitol. And I mean, uh, genuinely, it was like five people. Yeah. And like a couple months later, there were like riots. <laughs> yeah, and, and COVID and everything. <laughs> yeah. Like so much stuff happening yeah, right. at the beginning. And I think what what we really saw was. We saw Minneapolis like doing the shit, you know, um, and I think there was a certain pressure for the state that's like three hours below like Minneapolis to kind of show up a little bit instead of like punk out and drop the ball, you know, and I, I it was really cool to show like that people actually showed up and there was like really cool militancy in the beginning that whether or not uh, that faded throughout the militancy aspect, I still think that fervor was a beautiful thing to see and when people get fucking pissed you know i i think about like you know st- like movements like occupy you know they they got crushed but they also created kind of an awareness and i know that's kind of a cliche liberal thing to point out but like sure. i don't know i like i i i didn't know that the des moines had the police budget it did until i saw like fucking riot cops in des moines and i, I you know it was like a shocking amount of uh, uh you know funding they were receiving and it's like why why does you know why does iowa have the fucking like sonic guns and fucking tanks like yeah, why, rats why do we have that bearcats and i i have to believe a lot of the like 16 year old girls that got maced in front of the capitol building like those people are getting radicalized probably by that that crackdown and so i think we'll see the impacts of this maybe in like 10 years yeah um if they don't just kind of think of it as, oh, my radical phase when I was a teenager, but if oh, they yeah. really digest it and like think about, you know, this this shit that was abstract is also here in this yeah. city. Yeah, I think it. Um, one thing it did was expose um, a lot of like the that the, li- the more the more liberal crowd or even like the younger crowd to um, shit that a lot of folks were have were and have been experiencing for years and years and years and like, yeah. forever. Honestly, like. The entire the entire history of the United States has been the history of violence. So like you know, it's 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 like those like other white kids in the morning who hadn't like ever realized that Des Moines a fucked up authoritarian state got exposed to that and uh, yeah, hopefully like have gotten some sort of uh, 
a stronger anal- analytical base post that experience. But trauma is a really interesting, um, a really interesting thing to push people towards a radical situation because you realize you have like less of an option but to do what you need to do to get out of that situation. You know, and that's kind of uh, I don't know. That's kind yeah. of where mutually might come in. Uh, like I believe a lot of it is. Like there's a, there's a couple different routes you can take with it, but a lot of the basis I believe is um, the basis of any liberatory action has to have a strong mutual aid base. Um, right, let me say that again. Liberatory action is uh, found. Let me say that again. <laughs> <There you laughs> go. Shit. Um, mutual aid is the foundation of all liberatory action and all liberatory effort. You know, um, historically, yeah. that's just the case, um, and that's in an organized fashion sometimes. But it's like even when it comes down to like like smaller guerrilla fighting, smaller, smaller efforts on a more local scale, like just people helping each other through those, through those things. Um, yeah. I lost my train of thought. We'll get back to no, it. We'll get back to no, it. No, but I mean, it's like, it's like building communities and stuff um, that just didn't exist before then. So that's, that's kind of why I, I think that although 2020 was kind of like the revolution that failed in the U S it was also like, I don't know, like it started to put, pieces in places that they weren't you know it, it started to kind of uh form the the board of what like organizing looks like in the u.s um and and looking at politics away from just like electoral stuff because you know for 2020 for me like went from knocking on doors for the bernie sanders campaign to then actually like you know standing in front of you know riot shields yeah, you know, there was like a distinct moment of like the failure of electoral politics and then the rage at the system failing with COVID and then with like racist violence going on. And eventually, you know, it started to realize that we need to do something outside of this system in some way. Not that not the reforms or whatever aren't important because, you know, we should be fighting for those as well. But it was just the realization that more needs to be done than just uh, making sure people vote. For sure, yeah. I mean, getting trapped in that, like, the electoral cycle or the the voting cycle or even the reform cycle is how, like, the fascist state revives itself and it reforms and it hides itself and camouflages itself in reform. Um, George Jackson uh, critiques um, reform heavily on that basis that you can, the way that fascism and the U.S. fascist state exist um, is smarter than just, like, an outright authoritarian state. They are outright authoritarian, but they're smart enough to yeah. be able to hide it in their different I'm, yeah I'm gonna tangent. Dude, I'm gonna, no, I'm gonna no, have to like, like slip off tangents. But yeah, no, it's this, it's. I love tangents. It's fun. Yeah, I, uh, I I keep losing my train of thoughts because of ADD as fuck. But um, you know, like the if you can keep disguising your your um, oppression in different forms, then it's much harder to fight against that oppression. And I yeah. think that's. Sometimes what like you'll they'll do with electoralism, they'll do with reforms, is to reshape it and be like, "Hey, look, we did this thing; it's not that bad anymore. Everyone go back to sleep; it'll be fine. Yeah. It's fine." Um, and you know that that reduces the temperature where like we're we're in a position where we have very little choice but to deal with what's in front of us now, and like the temperature is raised. Like literally, yeah. <laughs> both literally and yeah. figuratively. Like, tem- <laughs> temperature is up. It's 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 more time for action than for talking, and it's it's yeah. not. There's the time to ask a ask a politician to fix something for you is past. They're not coming to save us. 
like yeah. the, one of the biggest tenets of mutual aid in an organized fashion, like as a theory is that we protect us, we keep ourselves safe. Um, and whether or not that's from the basis of like an organization, like, like the one mutual aid or Griffin mutual aid, where it's like a specific political, um, we have a more specific political program or an established organization and mutual aid is our foundation there. Um, and that's what we do. Like we go out to do like propane and stuff for food for the, the campers and the houses we work with. Like that's coming from an organizational standpoint, but, um, really like mutual aid at its bare bones is just people helping each other survive. Like it's, it's a heavily, it's like Kropotkin argued heavily for it just being an evolution and evidence excuse me, an evolutionary factor instead of just, instead of a yeah. specific organizational practice. And it, I think it's both. I think um, mutual aid is, is, and has existed for millennia. <laughs> it's been a thing. Yeah, for, yeah. Like, when you look at any tribes in like uh, Turtle Island here or in Africa or anywhere, like that's been a basis of like survival is you need each other, you rely on each other, you put each other, you have a, a uh, responsibility to each other. Um, that I think we've gotten away from heavily and that we've specifically been alienated from each other with um, through capitalism. So, you know, usually yeah. I think is kind of bringing it back to who people are and why we are, you know, um, we're mm-hmm. here for each other. We need each other. But we're so, we're so isolated and um, individualized in society. Um, I, 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 I think um, working in the world with a more, collective mindset is really important. Mutual aid offers that as concept and a way of, of constructing something outside of what we know, you know, and it offers survival in times yeah. of crumbling and in times of panic. Um, cause you, you establish a community base that, you know, you can rely on together. Like, I don't know, like I'll use my, my break in my fucking leg for instance. It's like I work in a community that I love and that I put effort into, um, and then when, when I broke my leg and I needed help, people were there for me. Um, and it's, it can't, it literally is just as simple as that sometimes, especially like on a person to person level on the community basis is people helping each other when they're down and when they need help and being there for each other instead yeah. of having to rely on systems and rely on politicians, you handle your own shit and people with you handle shit together. You know, I, I have had a number of times, um, through Twitter where I had, posted about being in a rough spot financially um not even like not fishing for help even and people have just like stepped in and venmo me money and like you know that that i mean that's that's kind of the basics of mutual aid is just you know taking care of each other you know um because hopefully now i'm in a position that i can then help other people and i'm able to be the one to venmo someone else later on you know it's it's a yeah it's a relationship. However, you know, that's kind of an odd example because that's digital, which that kind of is an interesting aspect of mutual aid. Yeah, like, you know, in yeah, there's like this beyond, yeah, 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 cause like, yeah, like the bail funds in Minneapolis were like receiving a shit ton of money. Um, you know, uh, my, my girlfriend was uh, bringing like water bottles and supplies down to the protests you know here in des moines and part of the reason way she raised that money is you know she like put her venmo out on snapchat and you know like raised like a thousand bucks to like go and you know bring you know buy a shit ton of you know water and food and stuff 
you know, and, and mutual aids as simple as even like, um, even though my, my mom's political allegiances probably wouldn't line up with this. When I did a jail fund, you know, she made a bunch of cookies because she was like, sure, sure, I'll make, you know, I'll make cookies for a bunch of kids getting out of jail. Like, whatever. Yeah. You know, and like, there's something about that, like, there's almost like a maternal side of like mutual aid. It's like that taking care of each other. I don't yeah, know. It's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, for real. I think, I think, um, two things or multiple things have happened to the phrase in general as it's been mm-hmm. like I, I i think the internet can be good for some things and some things it's really bad for but like sure having yeah. blown mutually through like the internet sphere it's become like this thing where it's like almost a grandiose like self-appreciating thing um, yeah yeah that's like, bad this big organization it's like doing mutual aid and shit where like it almost becomes co-opted and you're starting to like intentionally be- Organizations are confusing the charity model versus the mutually aid model. Um, right. Extremely do you different wanna, things. Do you, yes, you should. When you finish this thought, you should clarify the difference between those two for sure. the listener. I'll, I'll, I'll do my best. Um, I'm, I'm hopped up on LaCroix, but, uh, you know, like, <laughs> I, it's it's been turned into this, um, this almost co-optable term, like a lot of radical terms have been um, since yeah. 2020, since, like, the beginning of <laughs> radicalism versus authoritarianism, like, Co-optation is such a heavy thing that is is done intentionally, like it's intentional. Um, but like you, you see, like the term mutually being used by by like even pigs and fucking um, NGOs and shit, where you're yeah, yeah. completely removing the community basis from it. Um, and I think like mutual aid is specifically like as it stands, it's it's a small <laughs> it's a small program thing. It's not like big multi multi state multi multinational corporations doing things mutual aid is a community-based activity and it in and of itself is anti-hierarchical um and it it just stands for us to take care of each other and yeah it's i think when you get into like the charity model of that it's it sustains hierarchy and it legitimizes systems that are present it um yeah it maintains that hierarchy by like deciding who gets what and you know it's there's way more to it but it's you have to be able to distinguish between what is charity, what is like bourgeois charity, and what is just like mutilated in aspect. I would, yeah, I would recommend people uh, read for like a really clear. Like you could read uh, Dean's, excuse me, uh, Kropotkin's Mutual Aid, which is like a dense book. It's good. Yeah, it's, a theory it's, book. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a theory book. It's I got a lot of a lot of evolutionary theory in it as well. But if you need like a really concise thing. Uh, Dean Spade's Mutual Aid is something we had a lot of our groups read. Um, it's, it breaks down that shit a lot better than I can right now. Um, but yeah, no, there's so there's some really good things on there that um, that help fight that mentality that you, that you can slip into as an organization. Um, and I think it's important that uh, if you're going to yeah. work, do that mutual aid in an organized fashion, which you don't have to. Um, organizations mm. have pros and cons for sure. Um, but if you're going to do that mutually, uh, by organization, it's really good for like leadership in that, um, uh, consent of leadership, um, and like different ways of making decisions, um, and different ways of running an organization efficiently. So you don't tear each other's throats out, um, yeah. continue, continue your work. But I don't know. I, I'm much more of a fan these days, you know, of, of just community based mutually where it's small and where it's yeah. people, you know, and where you like walk around your neighborhood and talk to folks like something I did, uh, um, in my neighborhood when we had 
a, we were supposed to have like this big storm. It was like all hyped up in the news. It was like a derecho, but it was like kind of like a derecho. People were calling it because it was yeah, yeah. it was familiar familiar to that. But I like walked around my neighborhood and knocked on as many doors as I could. And I was like, hey, if you need anything, come find me. Like, well, I'll, 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 I introduced myself. I was like, hi, I'm your neighbor. Yeah. I have this ability. If you need something, let me know and I'll help you with whatever. And it's just, it, it really is just like finding people. It's that, that simple. You can talk to and being there for people and like being willing to like, yeah. um, I don't know. I think some the most beautiful thing, the, one of the most beautiful things that comes from mutual aid is just your ability to connect with people on that level. Uh, it's much harder to be a political organization that comes in with ideals and is like, Hey, we're, we're like, we're anarcho-communists, we're anarcho-syndicalists, like, sign this, and we'll, like, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll work with you, and we'll, like, tell you all about us, and, yeah, yeah we have, like, the food and shit, um, which is, like, respect to, like, people who do it well. Um, there's, I, yeah. I've done it both kind of well, and poorly also, but, like, I, it, it really sometimes is as simple as just, like, being there for your neighbors, being there for people who need yeah. you, and, like, forming a community, and, like, helping fill people's filling people's gaps like just i don't know it's it's just people being it's so it's so hard to just it's so weird to describe uh just help being nice to each other as like a theory basis yeah. from like a theory basis but uh you know like i think it's almost lost and forgotten or so isolated in this community like i heard this uh, yeah society like i said earlier that we forget to um think about others um in all sorts of circumstances and you don't have yeah. to like like yeah, like it's really cool to to do um, like the mutual aid stuff that's popping up like via Venmo. Like I've seen a lot of people like helping fund abortions through that and helping fund different like um, gender affirming surgeries and all sorts of beautiful things. And then, so the internet's really beautiful in that aspect, but it does need. I think the biggest defining factor of mutual aid is it's community based. You know, like with uh, Edna Griffin and one mutual aid, we'd work in the houses camps and some of the, 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 one of the more important factors, like we were helping provide like life-saving uh, necessities and heaters and propane through the winter and blankets and whatever have you, um, whatever we get our hands on and whatever we could pull from donations, food, whatnot. But one of the biggest yeah. and coolest things we do is like help form relationships with folks, like talk to motherfuckers and help like just be chill, you know, we weren't, <laughs> we, weren't, we weren't like coming in as like a, as like we didn't come into those communities with the idea that we were better than them and that we had something to offer them. But instead we were like, we were just them, you know, we were just like them. Like, you know, I'm a, I'm a greasy motherfucker. <laughs> like it's fun. To, <laughs> like I like talking to, I like talking to folks out there. Like I, they're some of the most yeah. beautiful people I've ever met. And I, you know, you get, you can get into such, I think a lot of like some of the negative things I've seen coming out of like mutual aid work um, as like, then like the, the reformation of just like the same bullshit you see like nonprofits coming off of like like Jabba in our cities of a big example of a bullshit yeah. organization like not that shit on yeah, Christians yeah. on on your podcast but, like, <laughs> <laughs> they're they're uh, they're a Christian organization that's super super fucked like they they route a bunch of it. it's it's basically a, like a front for money but like. They like go out and like sign out heaters to folks, and then if they don't get, if those heaters don't like get returned to them, they charge them for it. Which, oh my god! Yeah, no, it's it's fucked on a lot of levels, but like heaters fucking break. Like some the one of the important 
aspects as like if you're going to like form a mutual aid organization that um, is more formal, I would say, or is a political organization, then uh, one of the biggest aspects I think you can hold is to, you know, like means check folks, you know, yeah, or, you know, absolutely. Like, ask for like proof that they need something. You just like, if you have it, it's yours. Like, it's, it you know, like, yeah. Yeah, which not not you know not to pull the religion card again, but in, in my mind anyway, that's more accurate to a Christian mentality anyway, right? For it's sure, supposed yeah. to be no strings attached. It's supposed to be like you know again not to be corny, but like Jesus wasn't like means testing before he died, <laughs> like yeah. you know, sure. I, you know I I don't know. It's it it is frustrating because yeah, you're right. Like a lot of the Christian charities end up becoming these really hierarchical institutions which in theory is supposed to be very much the opposite of how it's, yeah. it's supposed to function right yeah. um, and you know that's kind of why i like you coming on and talking about mutual aid because to me this models what like you know if christians are going to be active in the world this is what they're supposed to be doing you know is this shit like actually just well and also it's a good critique of like online leftists because one, one thing that struck me about you throughout the years we've known each other um is that you are good at just being normal uh with people i don't know what that it, fucking means but cool you know what i mean because well, like what you're saying you're, you're like you're not gonna knock on fucking doors around and be like do you want to join my vanguardist party you're just yeah. like do you want to hang out yeah, you know dude. and that's that's a more i think basis for i don't know building those kind of relationships is just actually being able to hang out with someone yeah, just being a fucking person stop being it's so it's so people, yeah, yeah like so much so much i think and this is like a completely different topic but like so many so much of humanity is lost in like a, in a grasping effort for perfection like yeah we yeah. are fucked up people like humans are just stupid fucked up we're idiots and there's it's like it's a historical precedent <laughs> we've always been idiots <laughs> yep stop you cannot like uh, it's hard you can't give me something to say Maybe we could pivot here while while doing this because um, I mean we'll come back to mutual aid because that's so much what you're doing these days. But yeah, contextualize so like you know we've known each other for a long time, right? Actually, like so I I've talked about not on this show but on other shows that I played in like a a band for a while and stuff. This is the drummer from that band, Mo Vanderhart. Fucking uh, the world is flat slash the world is any conscience dude. Oh man! Why, why did we name ourselves Anti Conscience? I don't uh, remember. I think we thought we were, it was because like, we so were sixteen. Yeah. <laughs> I wore a fucking Cookie Monster shirt for our first, for our first <laughs> show. We weren't hot shit at all. But uh, but even after that, the band broke up. You continued to do music stuff. Like you yeah. actually like toured and shit. You did stuff with yeah, Hotel definitely. Books and Vitamin K and all sorts of cool stuff. Fair bit of filling drumming. And- playing music and doing dumb shit on the road 
Yeah. Getting, getting drunk in too many weird places and falling asleep in too many weird places. <laughs> That's that's where our our lives kind of split off because we were both uh, homeschooled evangelicals, and then I went to college. uh, And redacted, dude. Oh yeah, yeah. (laughs) That history is redacted. Our history is redacted. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, we. I could be even more embarrassing and talk about uh, you know your 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 father being a conservative blogger. That's pretty well known. Dude, it's it 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 keeps coming up. Like we we don't talk anymore, obviously, for a lot of different reasons. But fucking, I uh, like he he did a fucking podcast on Antifa, which if you haven't listened to it, it's it's pretty gold. Like it's, <laughs> it's like with some like Green Beret schmuck talking about like fucking Antifa's funded by George Soros in China. And, like, That's awesome, ass motherfucker pulling shit out of his ass. It, he fucking knows better because you know if you, if anybody's in Antifa quotation marks, it would be like you, his <laughs> own son. What? <laughs> fucking yeah, <laughs> yeah. Was, I mean, fuck. yeah. Unnamed person I know had has trolled your dad multiple times on twitter by going uh your son thinks you're a fascist (laughs) (laughs) wait really i didn't know that that's fucking funny i I, um which i will oh really fuck yeah yeah he'll be like you know because he'll your dad will be all cocky on twitter and then he'll reply and be like your son's a communist what do you (laughs) (laughs) i should tell i'm not a communist well, at the time, I think you were more in that yeah. camp, but I was, this is uh, a few yeah. years back. Figured stuff out, like, um, yeah, that's fucking funny. No, I've, uh, I've, 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 yeah, made fun of him quite a bit. It's, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. No, you moved, time. moved more. I, I think both of us shifted more libertarian in general. I think it's funny because uh, I don't know. I yeah, you you pivoted all the way anarchist. I ended up. I'm kind of like I don't know. I don't know what the fuck I am. Libertarian Marxist. I know. I, kind pr- of. I pray for you. Don't worry. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One day I'll find out. <laughs> I don't. I think God is fake, but I. I every once in a while I get out of my knees. Yeah, I'm like, thank you. Bring, Thanks, bring man. Josiah over to the dark side. <laughs> no, yeah. I. I don't know. I read Luxembourg recently. That seems like that was kind of up my I'm alley. Not, I'm not familiar, actually. What's Rosa like? Luxembourg. Oh, she's cool. Actually, actually, what we were talking about earlier made me think of her because I read Reform and Revolution. And she she argued like um, that you can't create socialism through reforms, but that the function of reforms was to give victories to the working class to raise uh, class consciousness mm. and like be part of like forming those like communities and stuff like that. And that seems like that's that's up my alley. I I, I think I agree with that. Where it's mm. like it's still worth fighting for healthcare. You know what I mean? Like it's not like not worth it. But part of that function is to make people see that, like, oh, we can say fuck you to yeah. the establishment in some way. Yeah. yeah. There's counter. There's like counterpoints to that. I think like a, a lot of there's a lot of theory based in the idea that um, reform actually makes it harder to organize a yeah uh, a class movement because sure. like yeah. it 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 creates apathy. You know, it can't. I yeah, guess yeah. Um, where if you if you're dealing with material condition and that material condition is sending you on a trajectory towards a revolutionary effort. Yeah. Um, which whether or not you believe <laughs> mass yeah, class yeah. movement in, in the United States is a possible thing. You like there's, there's the concept that like, if you're on a revolutionary trajectory, a reform is a way of like reducing that temperature. Tempering so things. Yeah. yeah. So you become less revolution. Yeah, you 
potential for evolution becomes less. And I, yeah. I mean, like I've seen, I've seen that in like a microcosm from like the yeah, yeah. and stuff in like Des Moines alone. Yeah, like, yeah. Have, like, like you shift from like um, a specific movement that's like trying to get to a, a more radical place, and then instead you plug in like uh, elected official or political movements in like our system. Yeah. And then it reduces the the willingness and the the mobilization effort, I guess. Mm-hmm. I think the the distinction is making sure that those victories are seen as like victories won by the protesters or something like that, rather than by um, rather than things that the establish you know some some establishment has gifted. Yeah, you know, I think that's probably the the line because I I think she was probably right, but. Um, I, you know, she was writing in 19, you know, early 1900s. She's like, right. She was a, she was a supporter and critic of the Russian revolution. She was calling it out for authoritarianism early on. And so that's, that's why I I like her. Um, I am sure that that has alienated a handful of people listening already, but fucking sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, uh, oftentimes when we're, when we're so focused on reforms, you, are inherently legitimizing a system because because mm. the system exists. You're asking the system to change itself, and when it gives you that that reform, yeah, it reasserts yeah. its power to to um, it reasserts its power to create that material condition and sure, fashion. yeah. So it's it's still legitimizing and maintaining power, though yeah. it might be enhancing some material conditions, like ethic, especially in the U.S. Like yeah, our material conditions are based on off the the backs of every everyone else in the entire world sure. so yeah i'm comfortable i'm comfortable with the with those be, with our quality of life being less and, but it's that's, yeah that's a whole that's a whole conversation with a lot sure sure um, back alleys and stuff you know no i think i think a lot of the goal of mutual aid at least where i come from and where a lot of the folks i work with come from is like shit's getting worse whether or not we make it worse whether yes. or not we want it to yeah. get worse so what we want to do is present an option and have kind of like an idea out in the world of how we can live our lives together, you know, and how we can take care of each other. Like, yeah. I, I don't think it's possible to stop a lot of the shit that's going to be happening. So, yeah, sure. Like, yeah, yeah. Things will be going worse. Like we're going to be facing some food shortages. Uh, there's a lot of mm-hmm. different things happening on the on the global economic scale that are going to affect a lot of things here. Um, and how we react to that is what's important, you know, how we how we take our communities into our own hands and how we defend those um, by whatever means you choose necessary, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think you're right. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's two sides to this, at least in the the local context. I think you're right, because I, I don't know to what extent, like the Midwest is going to be winning much reform anyway. Mm-hmm anyway um just because the midwest is is pivoting pretty right wing right now in general yes, um uh, the previous guest on this episode on the show uh chris barker uh has talked a lot about that he, he moved to tennessee uh mm. recently and you know what he's talked about is like that weirdly tennessee is becoming more progressive than iowa is that he's like it's it's actually probably it's a better space for him to be in and you wouldn't expect like the South to be doing that, but like you see the shit that's happening in Iowa right now, and there's some scary stuff going on. Mm-hmm. You know, they, there really is this like reactionary turn, and so yeah, like I think I think maybe just saying fuck it 
to the institutions as they currently exist and start trying to form your own institutions, your own communities, whatever. It's probably probably the best path here. Yeah, you're kind of describing that concept of dual power. Yeah. Building up like structures and organizations. And there's like, there's a lot to be said for that. And there's also a lot of critique for that. Like, I think a lot of people have done a good job at pointing out that uh, when a when a popular movement does decide to happen, the organization probably won't have much to do with it. Um, yeah. But you know, like I think there's a lot of value still in having that dual power where you will be able to take care of the people that uh, you've been working with, like people in your city, people on your block, people like around you and your community, your neighbor, mm-hmm. your person next door, your family. Like having having the ability to to take upon yourself as a community um, the survival yourselves you know and have that responsibility for each other is important yeah um, yeah i always i appreciate the the anarchist trope that like anarchism is about freedom and like personal freedom and independence but it also counter to like like right-wing libertarianism it's the we believe there's an innate responsibility to each other and within yeah. like, our our freedom like freedom has responsibilities you know so yeah yeah, I don't think it's like a fuck all, you know. I think, I think that the collectivist mindset is at least where I fall, uh, where I want to fall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's complicated. The world's complicated, you know. Like, the world's complicated. It's yeah. hard. It's hard to. It's hard to apply any any sort of fucking theory that anyone's had forever to any sort of bullshit that's happening these days because we've just fucked ourselves into a corner of 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 such ridiculous complications and there's nukes everywhere like it's yeah there the whole the world we live in is not the world that people have assessed properly you know in the past yeah class class organ or uh class uh class theory and stuff like that is outdated (laughs) like a lot of a lot of theory is outdated and i think if we actually want to build a world uh that's 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 proper and better for for humanity to be for humans and humanity to be humans and humanity, then we can't exist in the structures we have now. Uh, we have to tear it down and like completely build new things. At least that's where I'm yeah. coming from. Um, that's why sure. I yeah. complete destruction of our structures and the reorganization yeah. of structures, however that happens. Yeah. Um, and I don't necessarily believe you have to have all the answers for that framework to exist. I think um, specifically, like you can use like decolonization as a as a aspect of like of that. Like a lot of a lot of settler like attitudes towards decolonization are like, Hey, what about me? Like what will happen when we decolonize? Like when it's not actually a metaphor, it's not like a catchy phrase for people using their Instagram Mm -hmm. and things. It's like when it's actually a project, but I think you don't have to like, Hey, like the colonized don't owe you an answer. (laughs) Like they don't owe the settler an answer for like the framework to exist, you know, for that effort to be tangible and actual project that exists. Um, so I don't think I don't think you can operate on a I, on the scale that you have like or operate under the assumption that you have all the answers because I, I don't I don't believe we can your your perfect plan for your communist state will end up <laughs> working out you know people yeah, are yeah. very complicated and things have to be taken with a grain of salt and not everything's black and white and you have to be able to you have to be willing to yeah. take people as they are and figure out how to work together you know yeah it's complicated absolutely. Everything's complicated. You have to act like it's complicated. complicated. <laughs> <laughs> so remember that. Otherwise, we'll never yeah. get anywhere. Yeah. Uh, or else. That was just me yelling about. No, no, no. It's, it's good, though. 
That's good. Um, how do you uh, how do you see things uh, kind of forming in the Midwest here in Des Moines? Any well, maybe not even Midwest. How, how does it forming in Des Moines? Like in your own context, where do you think things are going? I guess things are going. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like I think I think orgs are kind of strained right now, and I don't want to really get into like the individual organization politics and everything, but like we're in a fra- in a phase where we kind of have to reassess and go from there you know um i think because of 2020 and because of like the efforts of a lot of different community organizations consciousness in Des Moines is probably higher than it ever has been i think there's a there might be a where it might be at a slump where we have to reform and rethink but we're headed for such such hard times <laughs> you know um, like things are only going to get worse from here it's never going to get better <laughs> yeah we're gonna get way it's gonna get way 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 worse before anything gets better which is really yeah. depressing to hear but the, if you're willing to confront the truth now you'll be more prepared for for it in reality you know um so i i, I see i foresee more people taking care of each other i i think that trend has been really beautiful to see like um people coming together and people working on stuff whether it's more or not like um, trying to take care of each other as best as we can. And I think pressure is something that does a lot for people, you know, when, when like you can use, uh, any sort of natural disaster as a, as a barometer for like how people act in, in stressful situations. Like, yeah, you're gonna have your shitheads and you're gonna have your authoritarian yeah. and you're gonna have your status. But like at the end of the day, like people will come out of the woodwork to help each other when like, when shit is on the line and when shit is bad, you know, you can use the derecho yeah. as an example here. Um, all those tornadoes that ripped through, like, uh, I believe it was Kentucky recently, like, yeah, 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 there were state actors and there was bullshit happening there, but like people helping each other, like people helping each other through rough times. I mean, like Katrina, another beautiful example of organization and self-defense, armed self-defense in that case. And a lot of things, uh, there's a really cool book called black flags and windmills that goes over, uh, common ground in Katrina's history. Um, I, don't, I can't quote it word for word, but it's a really interesting. It, it was a really interesting community effort with anarchist foundations yeah. that sprung up out of out of chaos, um, and that mm. helped people survive and that helped each other survive. Um, and they they were determined to protect themselves by any means. And it's I think it's such an interesting thing. Mm. Um, a lot to learn from it, you know. Yeah, just, that it's kind of an interesting observation because I think usually when we think of like natural catastrophe and stuff, we think of like chaos breaking out and people fucking each other over. But it, it seems like you're, you're kind of suggesting that like, yeah, that does happen, but also that the opposite happens that in those moments, people kind of actually band together and start taking care of each other. 100%. You know? it's, it's a historical yeah. precedent. Like, yeah, I, when I, when I think of the derecho, yeah, here, and I think of natural disasters that have happened here or elsewhere, you're, you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. I think, yeah, it's like while we still live in this, this hellscape of an isolated society, like people really at the base care about each other, I think. And you, you obviously look at like um, the folks who do not um, that have sure. fallen into the, like the pig mentality. Uh, but like regular people, poor people, uh, press minorities, like marginalized communities will like fight for each other. They're there for yeah. each other. You know, um, mm-hmm. when, when you start reaping the benefits of 
capitalist state, then I think you start to fall off the wagon on that helping each other yeah. out, you know. But when yeah. you're under the boot, you work together to lift the boot off. So mm. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Well, so yeah, I mean that's that's kind of a thing. Um because the Midwest is going to face, I think, a lot of interesting challenges in the next couple decades. One is obviously just um, as much as we like to say that we will be safe from climate change, you know, in the Midwest, we, you know, we won't. And I think no. the ratio and some of these like, you know, like these tornadoes that hit us in December, you know, like suggested, you know, shit will be bad here. However, the other reality is, is it's, it's not going to be quite as bad as like the coasts, right? And so we're also going to be like seeing the influx of immigration and stuff. And so like so- something that um, Josh, Josh Christensen and I were talking about in the Midwest episode we did a few like last month or whatever um, was that, you know, part of this, well, part of what's going to be important is trying to reform what we think of as the Midwest and who the people of the Midwest are, because the reality is, is it's about to change real fast. Like, sure, it's a majority white suburban kind of vibe right now, although that's not even fully true. But that's the myth, right? But that's about to change radically as we see, like, you know, immigrants coming in. Yeah. And at this point, like, the best we can do, and it kind of plugs into what you're saying, is to, like, encourage people to think about, like, hospitality as, like, a Midwestern precedent, you know? Because, like... You know, within like the Midwest niceness, right? There is the idea of supposedly being hospitable. They aren't oftentimes, but that that yeah. value exists, right? Like and I think hospi- we need to start. Yeah, go ahead. It's like that hospitality with like spin your food. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's like we we. It's almost like here in the Midwest, people need to start hammering that home. That idea of hospitality because it's about to get it's about to get crazy. Yeah. And you know this whole group of people looking out for each other can either be really good or really bad because it can either be people taking care of each other in their communities in times of crisis and accepting new people in as they come or it can be i protect my own and fuck whoever shows up and i think we're definitely going to be seeing a lot of that too and what one thing i really fear going forward is that like this this um this catastrophe, the border, this border, this border mentality that has been so prevalent in uh, American society is going to be expounded upon, like yeah. state wise. You know, like I, I think we're going to see a lot of like, like state fighting over like migrants from different states, and like, yeah, like, you can see microcosms of that, from, like what the wildfires on the West Coast, like people being displaced from that, being treated like shit, where they end up. Like maybe they'll be treated cool for like a month, yeah. and they'll be like, "Why are the fuck are you still here? Like, we're our, our house is burned down. We don't have anywhere to go." It, it doesn't look sometimes yeah. it doesn't last long, you know. But I, I think I agree with you. Like, I and I also see a lot of. I think the the organization possibilities are unknown. Like, I when we start facing crises, that's when I think like organization really yeah. comes into play, where people really step up and see problems. I like I don't. That's one of the kind of the ways I don't necessarily think you can prepare for some sort of revolution anymore, or at least I'm not fully convinced of it anymore. Um, like I used to be when I was more of like a communist or anarchist or whatever. Like I think shit's gonna happen regardless of like our small yeah. power that we might have and being able to deal with it, roll with the punches. 
keep some folks alive is a really is a really valuable thing. Uh, our our ability to deal with what we deal with in the time it arrives, you know, is important. Yeah, and that, that's what, kind of why I believe do it. Laying that framework for mutual aid, giving that knowledge and that ability to more people, and like showing people alternative ways to live mm-hmm. is so is so cool and important when it comes to that. But yeah, yeah. I, I think this is why, although I think like uh, tendency wise as a leftist, I probably I'm more in the Marxist tradition, the communist tradition than like uh, the anarchist tradition. I, I I like the anarchist tradition a lot because I think there's this more and more. It's obvious that the system is about to fail. And it, and I like the anarchists because they're not like obsessed with how to seize the state or whatever. They're more like this thing's about to cave in. We got to build something new <laughs> that's going to replace when you know replace it when yeah. the time comes, or even being and, prepared for it, or like yeah, being ready for to see people like live out their their self determined sure their self determined existences. You know, yeah, because I I think I think that's fundamentally right. Is like you know it's not like oh we're wait you know we shouldn't be waiting on the revolution to come in the u.s because whether the revolution is going to happen or not who fucking knows but what is going to definitely happen is if not the collapse of our systems like a fundamental challenge and to the systems is going to happen soon you know because of climate change because climate change is a given because the immigration that climate change causes is a given these aren't like hypotheticals. These are things that will happen in a few decades. Yeah. And so we need to be looking at our communities and going, are the, the fuckers that I'm around right now, are they going to start gunning down refugees? Or are we going to be a community that takes them in? Yeah. Also <laughs> having your, your small communities that are willing to gun, gun down the people gunning down refugees. There's a lot of levels to it. And I think the unknown sure, is yeah. such a scary thing that trying to put answers to it sometimes lead us down the wrong path. Yeah. Um, but I'd rather just be ready to deal with the unknown. I, uh, I've been I've been doing a little bit of reading. I read just recently read um, Sarah Finsky's um, "Blessed Is the Flame." It's anarcho nihilism, and yeah, they yeah. get they get pretty heavy into um, like organizational efforts. A lot of it is like, hey, we can't. We're not necessarily capable of stopping what's happening, whether it be from like a popular movement scale, organized scale. Things are just going to go bad. And being willing to accept that fact and deal with it, um, and I'm paraphrasing obviously, so take it with a grain of salt. But um, like they would use like um, concentration camp revolutions or uh, efforts to fight back in concentration camps as an effort or as a example. Like a lot of the organization that happened during those some of the most excuse me some of the most successful ones and successful is a hard term to use. Um, the most successful camp uh, revolts weren't necessarily because of the people who were organizing to revolt, you know, they were, yeah. they were spontaneous moments that did the best they could. Um, but a lot of the time you'll get into the cycle on it. You see this a lot, um, on left, um, like the leftist side or whatever, like the left mm. broadly is, I think it's more atomized than any, than it ever has yes, been these it, days. But Christ, um, I mean, not to go on this tangent, but like, uh, you know, Ukraine has really brought out to me yeah, just yeah, how yeah, atomized yeah, yeah. the. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let me wrap real quick though. Like, I, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think you'll see like a lot of people consistently 
being like, hey, the temperature is not right. It's not the right time. It's not the right moment. Um, and that's what, something I think really is really cool about like anarchy and, and, and personal autonomy and like cell and community autonomy or however you want to put it is you have the ability to fight back on your individual level, however you deem fit. Um, and it, it opens up that door a little bit more. And something Sarah Fitzgerald would get into is like, shit yeah. is fucked and it's going to get fucked no matter what you do. It's still important to fight. It's still yeah. important to like have, it's, it's a liberatory effort in and of yourself to just fight back against the thing, whether it's not like, yeah, whether or not you like punch the cop in the face that's arresting you, then you know, you know you're going to go to prison for a long time anyway, or whether or not it's like fighting back in a concentration camp while you're marching people to your, their deaths or while you're being marched to your death. It's still important mm. to fight because you're liberating yourself. Yeah. Even in that moment, you know, and yeah. it's, it's a fight. It's, it's something, you know, it's, it's a lot. Yeah. Of I wouldn't recommend like people who are new to um, like communism, anarcho-communism or anarchism start with anarcho-nihilism. I think you should develop a broader, um, a broader understanding of both class, um, class, where's the word I'm looking for? Class conflict. Conflict and like other sorts of uh, revolutionary efforts and decolonization. But I think it's cool to, it's a cool concept to dive into. And I think more Mm -hmm. and more it's, it's, it it seems less like a, uh, a stupid thing to think, you know? Uh, Yeah. It's, it's hard to imagine. It's hard to imagine like a, especially with the level of power we have now, like a actual um, socialist popular movement moving forward and then actually maintaining and moving forward to something that's like good, you know? Yeah. People don't like to really critique, like understand how bad like socialist movements can go when there's, when there's specific factors involved. Like Fanon wrote whole chapters about like what to avoid when you're doing a decolonization effort. Like, specifically looking at algeria but like it's complicated man shit it can it can go really sour and i mean like like people people forget that mussolini was an anarchist yeah initially (laughs) you know like like this it's it's important to i don't know grasp on to just a, a, a commitment to that resistance but yeah yeah you're right it's complicated and it is possible for a socialist movement to get really bad. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Especially when you don't like, like one of the biggest things is like weeding out like bourgeois elements. And it's just so you have to get so nitty gritty picky about every single aspect for something to go pro- like proper in like, in like a state based social movement. And, um, you know, it's like that, that's where I, I keep just landing on like, I don't thinking you can have the answers for how the world's about to play out is fucking stupid. Like you can yeah. have critique and you can have an analysis and that will help you form things as it, as shit's on fire. But like mm-hmm. ha- imagining you're going to be able to like form a part, like a communist party and like take power in the United States is like dumb yeah. as fuck. You know, like, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, but like you're wasting your time. I, I feel like a lot of MLs, like Marxist-Leninists in the U.S. at the at least, they feel like they're cosplaying because it's yeah. like there's no fucking van, no fucking vanguard party is about to do a coup in the U.S. Like, what the fuck do you think you're doing? But you know, especially because like these these fuckers usually hate their neighbors. <laughs> it's like I don't know, like 
you know, sometimes I think we need to we need to f- have a more like regionalist or localist way of pulling things back in and just being like, okay, what does my community need? You know, in, yeah. in a way, like in the way that like a lot of the activism you got involved with did, it's more like, okay, well, there's a there's a homelessness problem in Des Moines. Let's take care of each other. You know, like let's let's focus on that shit and yeah, not why? like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Why are you talking? Tr- why are you talking? <laughs> Go ahead. No, yeah, go ahead. Like, while you're talking about all this shit and, like, all, all your imaginations for your utopian society, your authoritarian yeah. utopian society, people gotta fucking eat. Like, just get yeah. food at people. It's not as hard as, it's like, not everything is as grandiose and complicated as it seems. Revolution is not very romantic. It's, it, like, as Fanon would put it, decolonization is a, it reeks of red hot cannonballs. Like, Shit is bad. Yeah. It's it's not a romantic thing. Like it's violent. It's also beautiful. It's it's so complicated. And I'm not. I'm going to keep going. Yeah, yeah. Complicated, but like I know, not much much love to my much love to some MLs who actually have a, a yeah sure of reality and <laughs> they're like based in reality and aren't necessarily trying to rebuild yeah. the Soviet Union. But you get all this. You get some. You get some pretty dumb motherfuckers uh, who yeah. are still like status and like fucking um, repping China. <laughs> yeah, it's that that's that's what's been moving me libertarian is watching like ml's like uh you know like 8d chess their way into cheering on putin it's like are you fucking stupid <laughs> more than one thing can be right more than one thing can be correct and one th- more than one thing can be wrong you can hate you can hate russia you can hate ukraine you can hate nato you can hate the u.s you can hate the EU. Yeah. you can hate Everyone, because everyone's doing fucked up things. Ukraine is doing war crimes. Russia is doing war crimes. War is a war crime. Like I don't get it. I it's, it's, yeah, man. I don't fucking get it. It's uh. it's you're just you're just eating shit up, and you're not like really. I don't know. I think I think it's it's it comes from like some weird. I don't, I don't have a I'm, it's yeah. It's it's international relations brain. It's you know. Yeah. Yeah. But. So, I don't know like all that to say like i I think what it what what you need to do is is for you know kind of what i'm getting at and kind of what i feel like the conclusion we're coming to is is like you need to focus um you, you need to focus on your own communities and try to like um find hope in those like form hope even if there's no hope you know what i mean like um I don't know, because like for me, the most like one of the most influential political thinkers is Mark Fisher, right? And it's all about like the idea of being able to imagine a future, because so much of of the way capitalism functions is making us believe this is the only way things can be. And so there's like you know that coupled with kind of my Christian outlook is like you got to get into your head that this thing's about to cave in. And you need to be a moral agent within that. What 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 does that look like? I don't know. But you need to imagine that for some somehow a new world is possible. And I for think sure. of uh, there's a line in Solidarity Forever that you know is like pretty often quoted, but I think about it a lot, which is we can build a new world from the ashes of the old. And I you know I don't know if he meant like you know. I can't even think of who wrote the lyrics of that. It's not Pete Seeger, but that's the version I know. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know if when they wrote that, they they assumed that that civilization was just going to collapse when they said that or not. But that's how I read it now. 
is this assumption that, that that we are about to inherit ashes and can we like build something just good with that <laughs> you know like and that's that's the challenge to any anarchist communist socialist christian listening is how are you going to be part of helping build this new thing you know because there will be a new thing and that new thing could either be fascist or it could be a community of people who give a shit about each other truly if you are if you, it, it really doesn't have to be as complicated as like starting an entire org like if you're just willing to like take responsibility for the people around you like know your neighbors talk to them know who has a chainsaw in the neighborhood if a tree falls down like it's so it's so every day that it could be almost forgotten but the less you romanticize me truly the more it's just like your life do it it's an action of the lifestyle the more uh the more we actually have a chance at creating a world where we can all live comfortably or at least safely yeah you know and it's 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 a lot it's 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 the whole thing you have to think about um but maybe yeah like there's i think i think going forward like there's i think having the autonomy to realize like how bad things are and what action you might take need to take is is something that you should have like personal autonomy for like whether or not mm-hmm. you think whether or not you just you realize your role is to like plant a garden or you need to do some more uh maybe mm-hmm. uh violent shit like i against like a system that is violent to its core i like understand and support your your autonomy to take that action in and of itself you know um, yeah, I, I wish more people would take personal responsibility for, for what's going on or what what it what needs to be done because you know yeah yeah, yeah you know because like what you, what you're saying like you've been saying is like revol- revolution's complicated uh, you know building a just society is complicated politics are complicated but on the other hand hope is simple yeah yeah that's cool that, you know what I mean yeah hope is simple. I I I think hope is a very simple aspects but it's the part that gets lost i think the easiest and that's it's the simple thing of just believing that something better is possible and that's that's what people i think are most scared of imagining yeah because it's easier to talk about how fucking dire everything is it's so easy to talk about that and i and i feel that we're both you and i are both pessimistic people and the challenge is to is not to imagine things will just magically work out but to believe that there is a possibility that i you know we could be part of something that makes something better that makes the world better (laughs) and even if you don't even if you don't get to see it it's so worth a fight you know yeah we're we're up against such great odds to to think like Mm -hmm. it'll be a quick once and done kind of deal is yeah crazy but like being willing to take the responsibility for that effort into your own hands um on whatever scale you you do fit and by any means necessary yeah, it's important. Um, mm-hmm. We can't form. We can't form uh, actually an actually. Uh, one sec. We can't. We can't form a world that we want and need without each other. Yeah, and, you know, it's. It, I think I like what you said. I think hope is simple. Sometimes just be willing to hope that I'll have the hope enough to to let that hope turn into courage. <laughs> you know, to do what is necessary, um, and understand that like every every action has consequences, and being willing to meet those consequences as a, as a friend when they arrive instead of shying away from them is important. Like, 
every 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 action has a reaction, and you know, I think having the understanding that it's not always about you is really cool too. <laughs> like, I think putting putting an effort in on the on the basis that it might serve another person or another community is really cool too. Um, but yeah, I literally can just start at like checking in with your neighbors, making sure they're good, they have enough food. Just- like, just actually being friends with people. Yeah. <laughs> like, De-atomizing and de-individualizing your community, your neighborhood, and like knowing, letting, like trying to build that relationship with your friends, like and your people around you, like you're there for them, they're there for you. The more effort you put in, people will be willing to put effort in for you and for their community. Um, yeah, man. Like a lot it's, of a lot of. Go ahead. No, I mean it's it's simple in a lot of ways it's just that i think it's um it's just hard and that's i think that's what's that's why we don't you know i i think that's why we like to get caught up sometimes in the complexities of if you're on the left it's easier to get caught up in a lot of the complexities of theory and stuff because the actual request of just not fucking hating your neighbor is is hard <laughs> you know it's we're encouraged to be these atomized narcissistic entities within the the way things currently exist and so just like actually loving the people around you and caring about them that's hard but it's simple and that's why it's hard is because you want some nuance or complexity but there, there is nothing to it you need to just actually love the people in your life <laughs> and find new people to love too like being willing to open up, opening up, being willing to open up your circle a little bit. And you don't have to necessarily be best friends with everyone you meet, but like in your community, like understand that while people are so flawed, they're deserving of like food and safety and shit. And then you got you can work together towards something important and benefit each other's lives. You know, um, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but I don't. There's there's still room to speak for like more. Um, formal organization if you're trying to tackle a specific problem like so the, the biggest benefit to having like you know, a formal organization when it comes to like ethnography mutual aid or the one mutual aid is like we have a broader network to do like the propane distribution we've had it's been we've been able to organize that more properly to get more propane and more supplies to folks to help them survive winter season um, yeah. and that's not necessarily something uh community aspect or like a smaller community mutual aid understanding would do but like having like a more formal thing to do it to like organize that process is a little more uh, helpful in that case. But again, that's that's case by case and person by person. Something sure. completely different. And I don't. I think that's <laughs> something I love about anarchism is that it doesn't like you don't have to like have the right way of doing things. It's like the, the ability to decide how what works for what situation and how everything works for you and for your community is really cool. And I think it should be upheld. You know. Yeah. Um, well, I think we probably need to move toward wrapping up here, but this has sure. been super solid. Um, I, yeah, no, this, this, uh, I, I knew if we would just chat, it would, it would be a, a pretty good time. Yeah, I did. <laughs> we didn't I, need my, to plan it too much. My, my trick for getting all my brain out or all my thoughts out of my brain was to drink four of the cords and really have to pee this whole time. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's been man. good. I mean, I've been hyped up and ready to rock. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I guess I, I know you're you're not much on like Twitter these days or whatever, but I guess if somebody liked this episode and wanted to see more of whatever you do, is there some social media they could uh, check you out on? 
No, Fuck them. All right. All right. <laughs> no, I'm All kidding. Right. Uh, I guess if you if you want to follow my Instagram, it's uh, bitter underscore fruit with two T's. I, yep. do, some, I do some photography. Uh, my music's yeah. on there. Um, I think I'm technically still in the band with Josiah, but we'd have it. We'd play <laughs> one show. Uh, but I, I got some other projects. I just We're just getting back to... Uh, get back in the swing of things with my project justice finish was like uh, no wave hardcore stuff i play drums in that and then started releasing some solo lo-fi guitar shit as a pc eater and that's been fun but yeah you, if you give a shit that's cool yeah if not it's super cool check <laughs> it out yeah yeah mo's a cool want. guy mo's a cool guy i wouldn't, I wouldn't um, go so far to say that but <laughs> I'm, I'm around i'm here i haven't died yet I keep not dying. I keep not dying. I don't think. I don't think I'm supposed to. (laughs) I think. I think one day I'll. I don't. I think I. I can't die in a stupid way. Like too much stupid shit is trying to get me that I. Like yeah, I'll have to get shot to death or something. (laughs) This arc. I don't. I don't know. And and, and on that. You know, on this episode about hope, uh, <laughs> I'm glad you, we have yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. like, yeah, if you want to shoot me to death, I'll shoot, send me a DM, I'll give you my address, <laughs> <laughs> we'll have it out. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, like, fucking just love each other, homes. Like, yeah, it's just, yeah, don't, it's don't simple. Don't get all up in your head about it, get off fucking Twitter, get off yeah. Instagram, like, stop fucking yelling at each other about dumb shit you can't do anything about <laughs> support liberation efforts uh, Hell yeah. I guess yeah yeah cool well uh well on that note I think I think it's time to time to wrap up have a have a wonderful night day whatever you're listening to this everybody uh, and I will see you later this month